Previously on Eidolon Oyster, while still recovering from his wounds, Matt Fisher explained to the party that he was stabbed by his own Eidolon, veteran of the Psychic Wars. He sent Sam on a quest to his apartment to retrieve the Holy Grail, an ancient artifact that might have the power to heal him. Meanwhile, Dr. Larch and Veteran of the Psychic Wars spoke and conspired to assassinate Garrett Longhorn, an enemy of nature currently visiting Matt in the hospital. In the ensuing chaos, Matt was fully healed, Garrett Longhorn died, Dr. Pyre died while bringing Longhorn back to life, and then Sam finally brought back the Holy Grail, which revived Dr. Pyre from the brink of death. Our party has overcome the challenges of professional networking, emergency surgery, and even death itself. But will they be able to overcome the truth? some mechanical notes here first of all the phantom clock is at nine o'clock that means you take minus one on every move unless another player offers direct material assistance okay however you also have level one tie bonuses with each other so you can take plus one forward next time you make a move in support of the other person hey all right okay dr larch would you like conductor infiltrator or alchemist uh let's say conductor tell me about your conductor Conductor power, uh, I guess it's going to be like another form of myself, but now that it's kind of been exposed to the fungus person, um, they're like a knight with a sword. Okay. Uh, and like, I don't know, like maybe like a fucking mushroom cap hat or something. And I guess when anything gets closer to me, it gets smaller. When things get farther away, they get bigger. Interesting. Mm. Okay. We are going to start by turning back the clock a little bit. But not the Phantom Clock. Not the Phantom Clock. Dr. Pyre. Yeah. You just died on the floor of Soul Care Hospital, sacrificing your own life to save the life of Garrett Longhorn. That's true. What do you believe happens to a person after they die? Oh, wow. Uh, what do I believe happens to a person when they die? Um, I guess I'm not, if I'm being completely honest, I'm not really sure. What do you think happened to your wife? I think what happened to my wife is she was let down by her husband. So you don't think you're going to be able to see her again in death? I mean, God, I hope so. But I, uh, I don't know if I have it in me to be that optimistic. Um, I would sure like to think that she is still 
that there's somewhere that she still is, you know, someplace after death, but, uh, I don't know, and even if she is, I, um, I sure don't know if I'm gonna be able to see her again. I sure don't deserve to. What death feels like is an absence. There's an absence of your senses, an absence of your memory, there's an absence of the world, and there is an absence of any sense of self. And the first thing you feel that interrupts that absence is a swirling iridescent color that envelops you. And it looks so beautiful that it feels like you're seeing color for the first time. What was your happiest memory with your wife? Happiest memory with my wife? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's not anything, you know, it's not a big moment. I don't know why it's the first thing that came to my mind when you asked me that question, but there was uh, one time we took a uh, vacation out to the East Coast, and um, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but the, the memory that came to my mind was just being on a boardwalk, uh, getting ice cream with her, and just uh, watching the boats and holding hands. Um, I don't know. The second thing that you feel is a sharp return of your pain and your regrets and your guilt. These are the things that you held onto in life, and now they hold onto you, pressing down on you and suffocating you so much that you can no longer even appreciate the beauty of the color. Why didn't you save your wife? <sighs> she... She was complaining that she didn't feel right, that something, she was in pain, that, you know, and, and, I mean, I, I, test came back negative, so I tried to just tell her not to worry about it, and she kept pushing the issue, and I kept telling her it was nothing, and eventually, we ran some more tests, and it turned out that, um, she was in the advanced stages of cancer, of, uh, of the liver, and if I had just listened to her from the beginning, there's plenty of time to do something about it, but I knew better. I was the doctor, so didn't, by, by that point, it was too, too late. The third thing that you feel is a weight lifting off of your face. You can see now that the color you were seeing came from the inside of a blue oyster shell, the so-called Holy Grail. And you can see that the person who picked it up is your wife, crouching above your body and looking down at you with a smile. I think he is too overwhelmed for any words. Your wife begins tapping the grail with a small wooden stick, producing a rhythmic hollow sound like a cowbell. With each tap, another feeling returns to your body. Now you can feel the beating of your heart again, and the breath in your lungs, and the memories of you and your wife at the beach flooding back to you. Uh, I'm sorry. Your wife looks you in the eyes, and you are overwhelmed by a feeling of unconditional love and forgiveness. And you know with certainty that as long as you can hold this love in your heart, you will be able to see her again. And then, you wake up. Garrett Longhorn also gasps awake on the stretcher right next to you, very confused and too weak to stand up. My word, I felt as if I were being consumed like one of the delicious steaks available at Longhorn Steakhouse, one of the most environmentally unfriendly restaurants in the United <laughs> States of America. 
And proud of it, damn it. Matt Fisher, who is now completely healed of his injuries, rushes to Longhorn's side to attend to him. Oh my god, you actually saved him! You guys are incredible doctors! I can't believe no one died! Dr. Larch, you wanted to assassinate Garrett Longhorn for his crimes against the natural world, but he managed to survive anyway. How do you feel about that? I think, uh, I think seeing, um, her colleague, a really a good doctor who she respects, die because of her actions, or almost die because of her actions, has, like, got hands over the mouth of, like, oh, oof. Um, I think, I think there's a weird feeling of, like, did I do a bad? Did I do a bad? Or, but, like, also, I still don't like this guy, this Garrett guy, but... Right. I'm trying to remember because it's been a couple weeks. Um, do I know that that's why he was dying? You know that there was some kind of life vortex, and... Right, okay. Yeah, he sucked out your life to, to be healed, basically. Right, right. That part I remember. Okay. But I don't know that, uh, uh, my colleague is responsible for the life vortex. No, you don't. Okay. All right. Then I think I'm just staring at the ceiling, like silently sobbing from the experience I had in the in the space between life and death. Dr. Harper, what have you been doing during all this? That is such a good question. I genuinely do. You, do we remember where I left off? I do not remember. A lot of stuff happened. You were not in the room with Sam and Larch and Pyre. Right. So I assume you were at work because you seem to be very focused on just doing your job. Yeah, he, he's probably just doing his job. What are you doing? Probably just, I mean, rounding out the hospital. There's a lot of patients here um, who need to be taken care of. And um, I imagine he's just probably in a different wing of the hospital. Are you treating a patient right now? Uh, Sure, let's say yes. Okay. Uh, what's what's like a, what's a typical treatment for you? Um, obviously, we try and stick to. Uh, I say obviously. I'm trying to imagine how this hospital works, given that <laughs> this guy is insane uh, and wants to. <laughs> 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 um, because you know, it's not like Doctor Harper does not believe in traditional medicine. Yeah, you you went to normal med school. Yes, yeah, so went to normal med school. So probably uh, starting with that, and then you know, if things don't get better, that's when. Uh, you, you know, start laying siege. I feel like typically the way it works in hospitals is, you know, you start with the most basic non-intrusive types of treatments. And if those don't work, that's when you start escalating to riskier medications or surgery. Right. Um, yeah. So I think he is um, just checking in on some of the patients over um, in the like infectious disease area uh, and seeing how everybody's doing. And then um, if there is somebody who's like, you know, going going the wrong way, uh, you know, we, we consider uh, setting up like an Eidolon treatment. I think when you get a little pause from doing your rounds, Veteran of the Psychic Wars appears behind you and slaps you on the back. Well, Dr. Harper, it looks like you made the right call, not using your power on Matt last night. He found another way to get better, just like I wanted him to. And no one even died from it. Sorry, what is... Sorry, hi, what? You remember me last night, right? You, right, yes, okay, yes. Why, you know, I'm still unclear on who you are and why you are in my home. And frankly, why you're in this hospital. I'm your boss's Eidolon, veteran of the Psychic Wars. I feel like Matt should have told me that he also had an Eidolon, but okay. So what, so I'm sorry, Matt is doing better now? That's great. I was really worried that you were going to use your power on him to heal him, but I'm really glad you didn't. What? Why? What? Because he was supposed to have to kill someone else to get better. 
Okay, and you said no one died, right? That's the amazing thing! Dr. Pyre actually managed to save him! Sorry, when did all this happen? Oh, I'm sorry. This, this is on the other side of the hospital. It, like, just happened. I just had to share the news with someone. Then you're the person here I respect the most. Oh, okay. So, uh, where are you doing? Treating some patients here? Yeah, we, I just... So what, so what happened over there? Okay, so Dr. Larch wanted to assassinate this Longhorn guy. Sorry? You know, from Longhorn Steakhouse? <laughs> right. And so basically, I helped her do it by having him shake Matt's hands, therefore sucking the life out of him. And I get to eat all that. And it tasted so good. Eat all of... His life force. <laughs> I think Dr. Harper puts down the clipboard he's holding on the counter and just starts slowly walking towards the other side of the hospital <laughs> to figure out what the fuck is happening. Sam, let's cut back to you. Okay. You feel someone tapping on your shoulder, and then the voice of Shrimp Scampy whispers in your ear. You didn't show up at our spot on time, Doric. I left the goods at the delivery spot. I didn't see him there. So uh, where'd they go? That's a very good question. Sam hesitates for a minute and then tells Shrimp, actually, it might be better that they weren't there. I think somebody might be on to it. If you picked them up, it's possible it was being watched. And if you picked it up, you could have gotten in some trouble. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're saying, you're saying the cops are watching? I'm saying a cop might be watching. Who? She's, she's been around the hospital. Uh, I'm sure if you went looking, you could see her. I really shouldn't say more than that. Why can't you say more? I feel like I can't answer that without also incriminating myself, so... Are you working for her, Doric? For? No. But you're working with her. On something, not this. What are you working on? Personal business. Nothing that I could help with? I'd rather not involve anyone else if I can avoid it. You're acting real suspicious, Doric. Listen, I may have gotten wrapped up in some stuff, and I don't mind endangering a cop's life with this, but I don't want to endanger uh, somebody I respect, you know? You're saying you respect me? I mean, on a professional level, sure. You're making fun of me, Doric? <laughs> no. No, profe professional respect is one of the best things a person can have for another person. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to cool off from that little insult. I'll talk to you in half an hour, okay? Uh, yeah. Sam is genuinely confused why that would be insulting. <laughs> Shrimp Scampi is the most intense black market bedpan purchaser <laughs> that I've ever seen. Listen, you know how it is. The smaller the pot, the uh, more vicious the fish. Right. You out here calling me respectable? You think I'm a respectable person? You think, oh, this guy deserves a lot of respect, huh? I'm buying back alley bedpans. What about that is respectable to you? Uh, yeah, is there, since the crisis in this room seems to be at a, I don't know if resolution maybe, but you know, it is de-escalated, um, would it be possible I could maybe do a little, um, investigating to try and, I don't know, see if I can find any clues in the hospital about, uh, what, what all happened the night Vero was here? Sure, give me, uh, your gen. Um, I was actually thinking of Dredge, I was gonna hope that maybe I could get some spiritual guidance. Okay, what is your, um, this? One. One. It's a worse draw, but it's, you know, it's what I feel like should be happening right now. 
All right, temperance. Neutral, you are met with an equal and opposite reaction. Actually, that is uh, Pyre's Resonant, right? Yep. Okay, so you are looking for supernatural guidance about what happened to Vera, right? Yes. I think you start feeling a twitch in your gloves, and then they start forcing your hands to move. And they point your finger at Matt Fisher, who's in the room with you. What? Is Matt awake and, like, alert? Yeah, he is He is not only awake, he is fully healed. Matt. Yeah, what's up? What do you know about my Eidolon? Uh, it's, uh, unless you basically do, like, cold readings, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, do you know how I got it? Uh, didn't you, uh, take it off a patient? Do you know what that patient's name was? Ooh, it was that, uh, that drug overdose, right? If, uh... Vera Gemini? Did you speak with her at all? I know you like to try and um at least meet every one of our patients. I uh, I mean no, she was like comatose the whole time she was here. I mean I did sit with her and hold her hand a little bit. She had she had the gloves on when you hold her hand? Yeah, we couldn't get those gloves off. Uh I wanna try something, Crystal. Okay. I want to put my hands together and try to do a reading on the gloves themselves to see what they experienced when Vera was in the hospital. Okay. I will call that a, um, I mean, it's just another dredge, right? Basically. Or maybe a reveal a master plan. Okay. Uh, what master plan are you revealing exactly? Um, well, the learning that Matt was holding her hands for a while, she was wearing the gloves means I should be able to kind of hone in on that as, okay. you know, if, if, it, if we're working off cold reading, like the, uh, the whole idea behind cold reading is you start with information that you know and use that to sort of extrapolate things that are easy to guess. And then, you know, from there you kind of gauge the reaction of your mark to, uh, you know, tweak things as needed. In this case, since I'm, you know, trying to divine true information, it's more of trying to hone in on things I know happen and use those to sort of anchor me and from there kind of expand out my vision. Okay, so you have... 2-gen, which again is minus 1 because no one's assisting you. Which means you actually pushed on the last one, right? So the clock's at 10. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. The devil. You get what you want at a price you can't afford. Oh, good. <laughs> that. So you were trying to feel what the gloves felt? Yeah, I want to see if I can get a, a vision of, like, who may have interacted with Vera while she was here. Okay. What you see all looks pretty typical. She was attended by physicians with no untoward behavior. Matt came and sat with her a while and held her hands. How long was he sitting there? Maybe 10 minutes. Holding her hands the entire time? Yes. Okay. And then Matt left, and the next day Vera died from what appeared to be a death from a drug overdose. But what you can tell is that the day before, it seemed like she was going to pull through. The The doctors treating her were not, like, alarmed that she might die any second. It just seemed like she needed a little care in the hospital and she would get better. But somehow, she died anyway. And you can see the point where she started getting worse is not long after 
Matt sat with her. And you are able to feel this because as you see the vision of Matt sitting with her, you can feel like the life is being sucked out of you. Advance your damage track to uh, battered. Is this still the same room that I'm in? Yes, you're still in here. Okay, then I think I would feel it when uh, uh, Sam's life begins to drain, and I think that maybe snaps me out of uh, the, you know, fugue <laughs> I've been in since then, and I kind of, like, sit up immediately and look over at Sam, and I'm just like, God damn it, what, what, what is going on? I don't think I respond. I think I'm kind of lost in the sauce with this. Shit. I mean, hey, listen, no one was hurt. No harm, no foul. Let's just Sam is experiencing the exact same symptoms as your stupid steak buddy. My name is Garrett Longhorn. I don't really care. We all know your name. Ah, uh, fuck. Um, can I see if there is has uh hmm, trying to think of the right way to say this. I would prefer not to die again to stop this again. Um, has that first experience maybe given me any more insight about what can be done to uh stop this in maybe a less dramatic way stop what exactly uh the life draining out of sam or was that just is it not like a constant drain like it was with uh with garrett no it it was very brief oh okay never mind then i thought yeah, it was more like a it was more like a sympathetic response to experiencing the memory of it yeah right now there is no life vortex happening in this room okay okay i think in that case as i realize it's not continuously happening i sort of like slowly unclench yeah and i think at that point is kind of when my my vision of things ends and i like pull my hands apart almost almost like they'd been stuck together and all of a sudden came unstuck <sighs> matt yeah <laughs> Do you have an idol on? Yes, I do. And were you going to tell us about that? This is a great time for Dr. Harper to walk in. Oh, hi, Harper. How you doing? Yeah, hi. Uh, uh, you orderly. Can you uh, make sure Larch doesn't leave here? Uh, yeah, uh, Dr. Larch, you should probably stay here for this. I cross my arms and, and sit. I cross my arms on my lap and sit down. Should the steak man go? Should he be here for this? I don't care, really. I'll I'll just leave. It seems like you have many things to discuss that do not concern me directly. So before before he gets up, I put a hand on his shoulder as like, today you face death. Excuse me? Today you nearly died in this hospital and we were somehow able to save you. I need you to go forth and promise. <sighs> How do I phrase this? <laughs> go and sin no more. Don't waste this. Don't waste this gift we've given you. Yeah, don't waste this gift of life by spreading more death, and I want to use sealed room. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I'm going to ask him to dedicate his life to uh, fixing the environment. Once per session, you can designate one person inside your Eidolon zone of influence. They may not leave the area, and you cannot turn off your Eidolon's power until you both give the others something they want. So you want a promise from him to dedicate his life to saving the environment? Yeah. Soul care, we don't just heal the body. We're healing everything. My business is selling delicious steaks at affordable prices. How can I possibly save the environment? 
um, well, your farming techniques, you know, create a lot of methane gas and runoff. Uh, also, you invest heavily in a lot of energy concerns that, you know, you know, create a lot of war, all of that stuff. I need you to start shifting that away if you want to leave here. You're asking me to invest in solar power? Uh, um, <sighs> I'll have you know that Longhorn Steakhouse already donates 2% of all profits to green energy causes. Let me see, can I do this? Oh, hmm. is this a good threat? Okay, I'm gonna take a step towards him and he gets smaller. My word, what is happening to me? <laughs> I told you, you're not leaving here till you promise. You're trying to threaten him? Yes. Okay, that is, uh, when you have someone at disadvantage and try to coerce them with violence, you are threatening them. Clearly state what you want them to do and what you'll do to them if they don't comply. Then draw POW and play one card. So what exactly is your threat? If, oh man, I guess I'm thinnering him. That's fucked up, thinner a guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will say, uh... Thinking only on yourself and your profits diminishes you, and it will keep diminishing you until there's nothing left, and you know this in your heart to be true. Okay, we're gonna draw POW. What's your POW? It's probably not good. Uh, looks like it is a one, and you, you will have to push yourself unless someone wants to assist you in this. No, I think, I mean... No, I really don't. I'm standing with my arms crossed waiting for this to resolve so we can get back to the thing I care about. <laughs> Very well. Phantom Clock is going to be moved to 11 then. Great. I uh, I think uh, Harper is ready to fight Larch if necessary, given that he knows that Larch tried to kill this man once. The fool. You become who you're needed to be. Oh, wow. What is that man? As a neutral card. So I think who you become is you become a threat. You become a terrorist. You have this guy by the balls and he understands that you mean it and he understands that there's no talking his way out of this. All right, all right. I, I, I will pledge to save the environment. All right, that's all I wanted. Go in peace. She like shoes him. And he leaves but because you become who you are needed to be you can see that before the door closes behind him he is rushing directly to detective gemini to explain what just happened <laughs> you became who you needed to be and you were able to get him to make his pledge but now everyone's gonna know what you are you played the fuck around card and he's about to play the find out card as soon as he leaves, Dr. Pyre's like, okay, can we get back to the, the other thing? Uh, okay. Yeah, what, um, what can I do for you? Uh, were you ever going to tell us that you had an Eidolon that is apparently rather murderous? Yeah, I really don't like her either. She's just, you know... And he bends down and picks off the Holy Grail, which has just been laying on the floor. Okay. I, I understand I'm not going to get out of here without explaining to you, so I'm just going to lay it out for you straight. This grail and this lance used to sit in a castle with a bunch of other artifacts. Most of those have been lost, but these two I was able to keep. See, I was the lord of that castle. 
and it was my charge to take care of these artifacts. And every lord of the castle went through the Eidolon ritual to gain the power to defend it. And mine gave me the power to absorb the life force of anyone that I held hands with. <gasps> has this been what soul power has been all of this time? Just a way for you to shake hands? The convention? Everything? Lurch, you gotta understand, it was crazy back then. There was always some kind of war, some kind of plague. There were kingdoms rising and falling and rising and falling. I'd like to punch him in the face. <laughs> Dr. Pyre! You son of a bitch. I almost just died because of your bullshit. Um, just point of order, can we let him finish? <clears throat> is, is that okay? Sure, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say that as long as I could grasp the hands of my enemies, I could survive through all those wars. And not only could I survive, but I could stay young through the centuries. And eventually my castle fell into disrepair, and I started wandering the world as a mercenary with the Lance and the Grail. And now and then I would even gather enough followers to build a little petty kingdom, but they never lasted very long. And then... It became clear to me after the Great War that kingdoms didn't work anymore. Businesses are so much more powerful and way less bloody. I could build a kingdom out of smiles and contracts, and instead of draining the life of my enemies on the battlefield, I could just take a few days at a time here and there with gentle, friendly handshakes. And it paid off! I made enough money to build this incredible hospital with the best medical team in the world, you guys. I never could have done that as a warlord of a castle. The real war is the psychic war. Damn it. The war of hearts and minds. Is that it? Are you finished? Yeah, that's it. I'd like to punch <laughs> him again. Oh, jeez, Pyre, come on. Um, I would like to use ceasefire. Okay. Um... Because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take it that uh you know punches being thrown I'm gonna count that as combat. Sure, I think that's fair. Yeah, I'm gonna throw down my I'm gonna throw take the gloves and throw them down and um I need to draw glam. That is is does anyone want to help Sam here? Um, you know what I do because uh, ceasefiring my eidolon only helps me in this situation. My eidolon kind of hinders me from actively fighting somebody. <laughs> I, I feel like Eidolons are going to really be hurting us in this. Right, like, I, I feel pain when I punch him, so... <laughs> okay, what uh, direct material assistance do you offer? That's the thing, I don't know if I have any direct material assistance I can offer. I'm just in favor of... <laughs> I, I mean, you could probably, like, push him up against a wall or something. That's probably close enough to, like, just disarming him. Yeah, if we want to say that, I, I can do something along those lines. Ceasefire specifically, is specifically calling to negotiate with your enemies, so... Right. Um, in this case, who I'm really trying to call off is, um... Is me. Yeah, Dr. Pyre. Yeah, so I, I don't think I can really help. Uh, Larch? Harper? I think I probably could. I, I mean, uh, Harper is probably willing to tell, um, like, Pyre to knock it off so we can figure out what to do. Yeah, because that's the thing. Sam wants to Sam wants to stop the hostilities to, like, fully resolve what's going on. Like, this is... Uh, it's good and right to be angry about this, but we we need to we need to get it all sorted before we start throwing blows. Also, disabling Larch seems like a great idea. 
Yeah. It's worth it. I think I think Large wouldn't disagree. I think Large after hearing his villain speech is like, Oh, we're the baddies. It seems like the I'm with the baddie team. It's <laughs> 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 having a having a moment of like, oh. Okay, Dr. Harper is like restraining Dr. Pyre, allowing you to call a ceasefire. So we're gonna draw a glam. Yours is one. Yes. <laughs> death. Neutral. Something ends and something else begins. Uh, no death. My dissonant card. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, well, <laughs> motherfuckers. That's a shame. Good game. <laughs> Love this game. Nothing happens except that you've thrown away your Eidolon. Fuck, that's fine. Um, So you throw your gloves on the hands and you get the familiar sensation of your Eidolon being severed, but all the other Eidolons in this room are still here. Oh, mm-hmm. Why? Okay, well, so I'm still going to say what I was going to say, which is, Matt, why did you fall? Did you build a hospital to, to steal life from? Why are you employing people to heal people that you're just going to kill? Well, no, 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 no. You misunderstand. I'm not trying to kill anyone. I'm just doing, taking a couple days here and there. They don't even miss it. From, from the people who have the least to spare. Don't you get that? What's the first fucking rule of being a doctor, Matt? Well, first of all, I'm not a doctor. You own a hospital. <laughs> That's totally different. I am struggling hard to break out and punch him again, but I don't think I'm succeeding. You're not a doctor, Matt. <laughs> who are your enemies, Matt? You said that you only drain it from your enemies. Yeah, my enemy's on the battlefield like 500 years ago. I don't do that anymore. And so just anybody who walks in here, who comes here, who needs to be healed indiscriminately just to keep you going. Is you continuing to exist that important? No, listen, it's like, it's like give a penny, take a penny, you know? And yeah, me existing is that important because otherwise you wouldn't have this hospital. You wouldn't have these amazing abilities. You wouldn't have this job. I'm helping way more than I'm hurting. It seems like for some of the people in this hospital, they'd be better off if we didn't have this hospital. A regular hospital wouldn't have killed them. I mean, I haven't killed anyone. You've just diminished them. Oh, wait, my, my eyelid's not gone yet, right? I'm going to take a step towards Matt and you make him smaller. Just taking a little bit, right? Ooh. Just taking a little bit, right? And I take a little step closer and a little step closer. Yeah, no, I understand. You made your point. His voice starts getting higher and squeakier. <laughs> <laughs> Larch I like close my fist and don't move any further Larch why did you try to kill Longhorn Oops Wait what Yeah veteran Matt's Eidolon came and told me That's why I came over here He's done so much And the small things we heal Is nothing compared <sighs> I Doesn't excuse it Doesn't excuse it Vet I was talking to veteran And we do so much to heal people Individually but he does so much to hurt people more. It's like Matt. What he does ripples and hurts millions and thousands and billions of people. And in that moment, if Matt was going to drain someone's energy, I figure, why not him? And the cost, I look to uh, Dr. Pyre, uh, of like, the cost is not, I saw what a true doctor is when you saved him, even though he didn't fucking deserve it. And I am not a doctor, like like you are. No, you're not. But I know what Matt's doing is wrong. 
Matt, you have killed people. Some of the patients that you drain, the little bit you take is the little bit that they're clinging to to keep them alive, to let what the doctors here do work. And when you take from them, they have nothing left. Yeah, sometimes hospitals lose patients, but I think this hospital loses a lot of patients that they didn't have to. And that's your fault. Like who? I pick up my now severed Eidolon and throw it at him. <laughs> what? What are you saying? I saw you with her, and I felt her dying as you held her hands. For ten minutes, you sat with a woman trying to recover from so much damage that had been done to her, and winning that fight until you came in and decided that she was ripe for the taking. I only took like 48 hours of life. That couldn't have killed her. Matt, she was dying of a drug overdose. She had, she didn't have 48 hours left. Come on, there's no way. I'm just like willing the spirit of Vera Gemini to make him experience what um I just experienced, what she experienced. Um, I don't know if I can do anything with that though. If you had cursed, this would almost be it. Yeah. yeah. Do you have... Oh, you do have cursed. Well, yeah, I do. Um, I mean, you threw your Eidolon at him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, I'm severed from it, but my, my reading of the Eidolon has been it's always been semi-autonomous, so... Cursed. If your Eidolon comes in contact with someone else, you can draw Biz to attempt to make your Eidolon take control of them. Ooh. I do only have a one in Biz. I'll, I'll help <laughs> if I can. Or I was thinking of pushing myself. Okay. The clock is at 11. <laughs> Let's go, I guess. I know. <laughs> Oyster breaking new ground. <laughs> for many, many episodes, many seasons. So you... Okay, you're trying to have the gloves take control of him. Yeah, and, and make him feel what he's done to Vera, what he's done to presumably other patients. Okay. Draw Biz. Your Biz is one. Let's go. The Hanged Man. <laughs> this game is good. You made a good game. Oh, man. <laughs> you must make an impossible choice. Let me think. Hmm. You must make an impossible choice and a phantom fight is triggered. Uh, this was not This was not a tick clocking or uh, the clock ticking situation. I pushed, Molly. You yep. pushed? Yep. I pushed. Oh, I thought you got help no. from Ty. My apologies. <laughs> I rejected Ty's help so I could push. Oh, okay. <laughs> I misunderstood the situation. <sighs> Vera Gemini will have her revenge, Molly. Oh, God, it's in the name. Clearly. <laughs> okay. I think what happens is that the gloves start automatically putting themselves on Matt's hands. And you were trying to make him feel what he did to Vera, right? Yes. And he feels it. He feels exactly what he did to her, which is just sort of slowly sucking out about 48 hours of life. And that stings a little bit for him. You can see it on his face, but it doesn't really hurt him that much. It seems to kind of verify his argument a bit that what he was doing wasn't that bad. But now, the gloves are stuck on his hands, and they seem to be pulling around his body and puppeteering him. 
and they start grabbing onto his own head and smashing it against the wall. And now you are watching Matt Fisher have his head smashed against the wall. And you must make an impossible choice. Are you going to let this happen? Sam keeps telling himself, like thinking, oh god, I gotta do something, but he's not moving. He's like frozen in this moment watching this. He, he feels that he has to stop it. Like this, this isn't okay, but he just can't seem to take that step forward. What are the rest of you doing? I was gonna say, this, this might be a little weird, but I feel like my instinct at any time, as, as we saw last time, is to try to help somebody. But I kind of want him to, like, eh, my heart wants this fucker <laughs> dead, but, like, reflexively, I'm a doctor and, like, I have that that reflexive need to save people. I kind of want to draw a pow to see if I can resist that impulse to help him. Okay, what's your pow? Uh, my pow is, I will tell you, uh, one. The chariot, neutral, you exceed your own limits. Then, yeah, I think I suppress the urge to help him. <laughs> My limits to not help people. Yeah. Dr. Pyre, remember that you just had a life-changing... Yeah. ...quasi-religious experience where you met the spirit of your deceased wife and you right. felt the forgiveness in your heart. Yeah. So, as you're suppressing this urge, if you indeed are going to go forward and suppress this you are going to have to throw away that feeling of forgiveness in your heart. Now we're talking about impossible choices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who drew the hangman over here? <laughs> then I think I am initially suppressing it, and as I think about that more and more, my, like, expression sort of softens, and I just kind of mutter, like, God damn it. Ah, uh, let me go. Let me go. He kind of like shakes free of uh, of the hold to uh, run and kind of put himself between the wall and uh, Matt. So he's not slamming his head into a wall, at least. Try to shield his head as best he can. The gloves toss Matt onto the floor and they seem to be holding him down there. All right, guys, I think I get it. I, Matt, I'm not doing this. I, 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 I was only trying to make you feel what, what happened. Everything that's happening, I don't have any control over this. Okay, then who's doing it? Don't know, bud. Okay, well, can you make it stop? I can't. I don't have an idol on right now. I think I've, like, kneeled down and I'm trying to peel the, one of the gloves off his hand. Well, you're good at promises and contracts and whatnot. Maybe you can come to an agreement with the gloves. Maybe you can change your ways. Hmm? Uh... Gloves? Gloves, can you can you stop, please? Uh, I'll give you 50 bucks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sam just I like, shakes their I head sadly. <laughs> I stop trying to peel the glove off and just stare at him. <laughs> okay, 50,000. Sam puts their head in their hands. A veteran of the psychic war suddenly materializes in the room and says... See, look how fucking pathetic he is. He can't even be the pair of gloves. Uh, I, I look at Dr. Harper and point at Veteran. I'm like, this her? Yeah, that's her. Technically speaking, you're also responsible for all this. I say that throwing my voice in the direction of the gloves, hoping that they'll, that whatever spirit is animating them will pick up the hint that this is also their enemy. 
Okay. I think the gloves do sort of loosen their grip on Matt a little bit, but they're not attacking the veteran quite yet. It kind of seems like the spirit of Vera is trying to listen. If they're like not actively doing anything, I'm going to try to sort of, yeah, pull them off and sort of fold them up, see if I can find like a container to stick them in. You're trying to like force them off? Well, you said they kind of like relaxed and I'm just trying to like, yeah, pull them off of Matt and um, yeah, just contain them somehow. Okay, draw a scrap for me. Okay, sure. I've got one pass still. The Magician. Hey, all right. <laughs> you achieved the impossible. <laughs> you were able to physically force the gloves off and they just kind of float in the air, still seeming to listen. What's your aim in all of this, miss? My aim is that I'm fucking hungry. I haven't gotten to eat a whole person since World War One. I can't just be snacking on 48 hours of handshakes now and then. How about that rich date guy? Oh, now he tasted fucking good, let me tell you. So you just exist to kill, basically. I exist to keep Matt alive so that he can protect the Grail and the Lance. But he wanted to start a business. And that means a warrior like me has nothing to do. But I knew if I just hurt Matt bad enough, he'd have to kill someone if he wanted to recover. And that's why I stabbed him. It'd be your own Eidolon sometimes. <laughs> Dr. Pyre? Yeah? Um, I have a question about medicine and medical ethics absolutely so you know you know every doctor knows you can't save everyone right like as much as you want to you can only be so many places at once you can only devote so many you only have so many resources and sometimes you have more patients than you can than you can save right you're talking and, about triage right um what i know i know doctors take an oath to not use the powers they have in being able to make these sorts of decisions to do intentional harm. But what if, what do you do when you know that allowing a patient to live will definitely cause other patients, patients who, you know, more patients to die when it's a, when it's a, when it's a sheer numbers thing, the no amount of good this one person you save can do will ever be able to offset the, the losses of devoting all your resource to them. My job, the job of a doctor, is to do everything in your power to save the life that you have in front of you. Even if it means letting many others die. That's... Dr. Large is looking up at the ceiling. Being a doctor doesn't make you a god. You don't get to choose. And I, like, look at, I look at, like, Pyre and say, do they, like, respect that or understand that of me trying to, of, like, me learning something today? Yeah, no, I, I kind of nod along with that um, and just say, like, yeah, it, it the world doesn't go beyond the operating table when there's someone lying on it for a doctor. And then he kind of shrugs and he says, um, you're not a doctor, Sam. No, I'm not. Um, and Sam's actually going to Sam's going to leave the room. Oh, damn. <laughs> Pyre kind of like uh, pauses like. Oh, I was kind of trying to imply you're free to like do a badass thing here, but okay, that's that was fine. the Batman. I don't know. Yeah, I, I won't say it was, but I can't. No, etc. Uh, specifically, Sam is going to try and find um Officer Gemini. Okay, yeah, yeah. Doctor Harper, 
Uh, yeah. Do you think you could run this company better than Matt? Uh, uh, what? I mean, I mean, maybe. I don't think that's how this works, though. Yeah, that's not really how business works. Mm, we can make it that work, work that way. Give it up. You don't need to be in the doctoring business anymore. <clears throat> no, listen, 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 listen. Here's what you don't understand. <laughs> I move one inch further. Bloop. Look, just listen to me, okay? Okay? <laughs> I've spent a century building up this business. <laughs> and if you kick me out of this world, I'm still gonna be around, okay? Even if you send me to jail, I'm still gonna be around 500 years from now, okay? And if you kick me out of this business world where I can just do a little harm a little bit at a time, then you're gonna force me to go to prison. I'm gonna have to do way more harm just to survive, okay? If anything, it's harm reduction to let me keep doing this. Large clock crosses their arms and uh, takes three steps back. I just, I just couldn't hear. I just couldn't hear your voice that good. I don't. Um, that's not me not threatening you. I still just couldn't hear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I turn to the undertow to see if I can determine a way? to seal Veteran of the Psychic Wars and take away Matt's Eidolon. Okay. And uh, your biz is uh, one? Yes. The Lovers. Neutral, you are faced with two paths. You want to try to find a way to seal Veteran? Yeah, I mean, um, talking about harm reduction, maybe I'm not capable uh, um constitutionally of killing matt but if i can take away matt's ability to suck the life out of people i mean that would be ideal this does seem like the thing to do because i don't think we're getting away with murder today right scoffs <laughs> you are faced with two paths let's see what two paths are you faced with the first path as dr harper implied would just be to kill matt Right. That is going to solve the problem forever. The second path, if you could find some way to seal a uh, veteran of the psychic wars, that might solve the problem temporarily, but there is no guarantee that she will get unsealed. Well, I can stitch up a wound and there's no guarantee the person won't get hurt again. That's true. As for the mechanism by which you might seal her, I'm looking through your advanced and master moves. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have anything to... You know what? Dr. Harper has the master move Superconductor. Once per session, choose a character that has a tie to you and you have a tie too. Each of you temporarily rewrites your Eidolon power to something that evokes the power of the other your Eidolon power reverts to normal at the beginning of the next scene. Hmm. So you take a look at Dr. Harper, and you get a sense that you know, of course, his power is to create a battlefield in which troops attempt to battle and starve out any disease they encounter. Right. If you're treating veteran as an enemy that you need to get rid of, Dr. Harper is a commander of an army. And even if you don't want to kill a veteran... Dr. Harper may be able to find some way to indefinitely neutralize her. Okay. Um, let me think of what I, how I convey that information. I think I just say, um, Matt, 
I think you're under the impression that this thing helps you, but um, it is clearly a disease that is affecting your body and your mind. And I think I turn to Harper and say, and what we do in this hospital is we combat diseases. Harper kind of nods and says, we do. We do. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of if you're trying to think of what the superconductor what is what do you have a power line for matt's idol on uh i don't have a line written but what it does is it is able to suck the life out of anyone that it holds hands with hmm i'd like to cut in from out of the aether to um point out something um if dr pyre is framing the veteran of the psychic wars ability as a disease that is afflicting matt then technically speaking, the symptoms of that disease is something that should reflect onto Dr. Pyre. True. Which means that if Veteranus tries to feed off of Dr. Pyre, Dr. Pyre would also be feeding off of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah creating, yeah, creating something of a feedback loop, perhaps. A feedback loop, right, right. Are you guys going to fight me? Because I really want you to fight me. I haven't had a good fight in a century. What the fuck would that power be? Um, my lunch turns any life force it touches into my life force. Yeah, uh, we just did that on Queen, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with that exact power line, I believe. Also, if you want to find an alternate non-superconductor way, you can. I'm not like holding you to that specifically. I mean, if we can frame, um, if we can frame veteran of the psychic wars as a disease, I think. What I would want to do is try to use, try to use lightning rod, okay, and put my eidolon on Matt to constantly put him under siege. Ooh, okay. Read out lightning rods for me. Uh, declare the name of one person who has at some point been under the influence of your eidolon. You may draw glam to have your eidolon warp reality around them instead of you, regardless of where they are. You may draw biz to have your eidolon resume warping reality around you. Okay, so you want to kind of hold him under siege yeah pretty much all right give me your glam mechanical thing since i played pair of aces uh once per session when you deal in into an active playbook that matches the playbook of another you both take one forward plus one forward to other conductor yeah okay okay so you draw so three, three. uh first card is tower but i'm gonna shuffle the deck for the next two cards all right second card the lovers third card the wheel of fortune Tower lovers wheel. I guess uh probably uh you know I give me the lovers. The lovers. You are faced with two paths. Okay. I think your troops sort of form a a circle around Matt Fisher and point their weapons directly at them, so he is not able to leave this circle, and clearly if he tries to make any moves, he can easily uh, be killed. Right, it'll follow him. Yes, he, he even tries to get up and move around, and they keep moving around him. They have him under siege. He cannot leave this room. Uh, well, I mean, that's the thing. He can leave the room, but those guys aren't going to be leaving, you know, they'll be with him. I'm, I'm maybe not reading this power right, but I'm assuming he's just, like, at a bar, and then people at the bar, like, tackle him, and, like, <laughs> he's just constantly getting fights at. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna play this out a bit more, and the two paths will come to me. Uh, okay. So, you got your little guys around me, then? 
What are you planning to do here, exactly? If Veteran of the Psychic Wars can be considered a disease, I will oust it. Okay, so you want to cure my disease. Finally, a cure for vampirism. <laughs> and the two paths you are faced with is that you can keep Matt under siege, but if you actually want to fight the disease of Veteran, that means you can't keep him under siege anymore because now you're in attack mode. Oh, so, so... You can keep him under siege indefinitely like this and have little guys follow him around everywhere, always fighting him if he tries to start anything that you don't like. But that alone is not enough to cure the disease. It just keeps it under control. Okay. I have a stupid question. I just want to double check I didn't zone out. When he was giving his, his backstory, did he explain what the Grail does specifically? He did not explain what the Grail does specifically. Given that I had that vision of my wife with it, can I dredge the Undertow to understand it better? Okay. Strength. That is positive. You triumph through force. You pick up the Grail that Matt drops, and you sort of hold it in your hands. And as you inspect it closely, you are able to tell that this is not an inanimate object. There is some kind of will inside this, and it's not really clear what that will is or what it wants, but it sort of acts in unknowable ways. And obviously, one of the things that it can do is heal people and even bring them back to death. But that is not something that, it, that you can rely on it to do necessarily. That's something that it graces you with if it chooses to. I kind of walk over to the counter and uh, fish around in some drawers to find a uh, reflex hammer. And I just say, so Matt, the whole reason you've stayed alive all this long is to keep this thing safe? Well, yeah, that was kind of my original charge. I mean, <laughs> listen, I, I don't care about it that much anymore. I just kind of wanted to keep up the tradition while, while it was convenient to. Well, shit, that's my idea then. <laughs> well, wait, so then in that case, I mean, if Veteran is there to help him, to keep him alive to protect those things. That's true. Yeah, she is starting to get a little more nervous. Whoa, 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 what are you doing? Hmm? Oh, I'm just asking questions about this, uh, uh, this little, uh, shell. Um, why, it seems, it seems like you're a little more interested in it than Matt is. Yeah, that's kind of our, like, kingly duty is to protect it. So what would happen if you failed in your kingly duty? Uh, I would be disgraced for all of time. Hmm. Hmm. I've, like, set the shell on the counter, and I'm just sort of, like, thoughtfully letting the hammer sort of sway around above it. So this is not an ideal situation, you'd say. It's my honor at stake. Hmm. So I guess the question at this point is, what are you going to give me to preserve your honor? Okay, you want to trade something for the grail? I'm open to it. I'm, I'm willing to hear what kind of offer you have. <laughs> How about, uh, I don't kill anyone. You don't kill anyone. I don't kill anyone. For how long? Let's say 50 years. 50 years truce. You know that's nothing to beings like us. It's 50 years. How many years does Matt have left? Right now it's a, uh, I think he's had like 500 stored up. Yeah, you're saying he's you, still taking more? If you didn't feed at all, he would live for another 500 years? Well, you gotta build up a storage. 
Okay, then here's what we're gonna do. You're done eating. Not a not a second off another life. Okay, fair enough. Just uh, give me back the grail. No, I don't think you get the grail. Well, we're gonna need some kind of assurance that you're actually going to uphold this deal. How can I give you assurance? It's a great question. Hello, it's me, Crystal. I'm here to do the ad break. I hope very much that you have been enjoying Eidolon Oyster. And if you have, please tell us. We love hearing feedback about the show. We love seeing people post about it on uh, Twitter or uh, uh, Facebook or co-host or Blue Sky or Mastodon, Weibo. Google Plus? I don't think that exists anymore. But, you know, and anywhere where you can post things. We love hearing about Eidolon. Of course, if you'd like to tell us directly, you can go to audioentropy.com, get the About section. There will be a link to the Discord, where you can come talk about the show, as well as other great shows on Audio Entropy. And you can also give us a little rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Doesn't have to be anything complex, just, you know, I like the show. Five stars. Just something that uh, helps boost the show and the algorithm. Very easy to do. And if you would like to support us monetarily, you can always kick over a few bucks at patreon.com slash playtest. And you even get a few bonuses if you do that. For example, at just $1 a month, you get every episode of the show one week early. Which means if you're listening to this on the free feed, you could already be listening to Eidolon Montreal as soon as you finish this episode. At $3 a month, you of course get the early episodes in addition to two bonus monthly podcasts. Number one is the design sessions, where Luke and Molly meet together every month to, to talk about designing the game that we're playing. This is, of course, a play test, which means the our experiences in these sessions affects how they design the game going forward. <laughs> the The play test I did on episode two was, what if we did combat, but it was like a surgery? And I think it kind of worked, which means I think this is this has been a pretty good game. Lots of cool draws, like pushing on a negative to draw your dissonant. That's an awesome consequence of the game. The other bonus monthly podcast you get at $3 is Eidolon Playlist, where we discuss the music that inspired the show. We, of course, just recently had an episode on the music of Blue Oyster Cults, and we've done it for the music of Queen, and pop music, and rock music, and ska music, and disco music, and all the music behind the show. At that same $3 tier, you also get access to the GM notes from every episode. You can see what what the difference is between my plans for these episodes and how they actually went. At $5 a month, if you're interested in playing this game at home, you get access to the current draft of Eidolon 2.0, and as well as the updated draft every time Luke and Molly make major revisions. You also get access to all the music that Maxi wrote for Eidolon Seasons 1 and 2, as well as the first interlude, Our Stormy Presence. And then at the $10 tier, you get access to the Grab Bag, which is mostly a, a sort of a tip jar, if you like kicking us a few extra bucks. 
but you also get the most exclusive bonus content, such as the JoJo podcast, Actually, I Meant For You To Pod My Cast, where we talk about uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean, currently airing, one of the big inspirations behind Eidolon, along with Persona. And sometimes we do little one-off things like the Mario Party 2 Bronze Challenge, where we played some Mario Party 2, and the winner is whoever got third place. I think that was a lot of fun. At this tier, you also get access to all the soundtracks going forward. And you even get access to the draft of my little game, The World of Assassination, which we played during the, the interludes between seasons 2 and 3. And all $5 and up subscribers get to have their names read on the podcast to show that they are great supporters of us. So big thank you to Ryan Ball, Daniel Agassi, Zach Weatherford, Arca, Casey, Dexter Sinister, We Shall All Be Healed, L. Tantivy, Maddie Agin, Pixel, The Beaver King, Yabba Dodaba, Mark Sokolov, Kenning, If I Had Bones, Professor Piggy, Siobhan Peridot Rose, Super Bias Gary, Tin Man Axe, Nathan Bumpani, Leanne Harp, Destryhawk, Sweet JP, Jane, and Fletcher Gaddy. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for supporting the show so much. I am going to let you get back and enjoy the thrilling conclusion of Eidolon Oyster. I think this is when Sam comes back in. Was uh, Crystal, was Sam able to find Officer Gemini? Yeah, we can play out your conversation with her if you'd like. Yeah. Um. Sam, have you found anything for me? Yes, and Sam pulls out a uh, tape recorder, like an, not a, you know, tape recorder, but like, you know, one of those... Uh, like a dictaphone? Yeah, well, yeah, you know, a little portable record, uh, digital recorder. Um, you know, there's probably a bunch around because some doctors like to take notes on patients and stuff with them. Um, he's been recording the entire time, and he plays back um, everything Matt said about um, draining life from people. I know this sounds a little crazy, but he just confessed. He confessed to draining the life out of my sister? It's not murder, and he, he claims he didn't intend to do it, but he was the reason she died. I think involuntary manslaughter, right? Like, he's what caused it, and look, I know you don't believe... I, I don't know if you believe or not, but Vera believes, or whatever's left of her. She, the, the gloves went berserk. I threw them at him to try and... Uh, try and make him understand what had happened and uh they they took him and tried to tried to hurt him sam i'm trying to process what you're saying it sounds like it won't be easy to just arrest him if he has a murderous warrior protecting him yeah i um i don't really know how to how to how to solve this problem but i figured you should know and maybe there was something you could do Sam, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to call for backup, and we're going to surround this hospital. You guys are the ones with Eidolons, so I need you to find some way to neutralize his Eidolon, so that we can arrest him. Okay, I'll figure it out. Um, 
it's yeah. At, I think at this Sam point, walks back into all of this like everybody fucking guns pointed at each <laughs> yeah. other. Uh, um, I think what I want to have happen is um, Sam you know takes everything and sees the Grail. Um, his their eyes fall on uh, the the gloves representing Vera, and um, they mentally almost reach out to Vera and just say, "If you help me, I will I will stop this." The gloves floats and sort of twirl around your body a bit and then slide themselves back onto your hands. It seems like they trust you to make the right decision here. I Sam, welcome back. We were just talking about how we can keep... Uh... As Dr. Pyre is saying that, like midway through that sentence, Sam grabs the grail and crushes it. Okay, give me a power draw. All right, uh, that is currently... Uh, oh, that's a two. You had to have more than one somewhere. <laughs> you think, right? <laughs> We've been drawing a lot yeah. of bad stats, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of made the Sam as a character who plays against their own strengths, so... Right. The Hierophant, you discover something, and the Hermits, your actions isolate you. I think the Hermit maybe makes sense for what I'm trying to do here. Okay. You just slammed your gloves fists on the Holy Grail, and you were able to crush it, but it created a small explosion that took the gloves with it. The Grail is now just dust of a blue oyster shell, and the gloves disintegrated off your hands as you crushed it. Um, is the, is the, like, broken piece of the spear still in here? Yes, it is. I want to pick it up. Uh, I don't care if I get exposed to the poison in the process and um, stab veteran with it. Give me a scrap. All right, that's another two. Justice, the situation becomes more fair, and the star, a new path reveals itself. Um, boy, justice sounds really good for this, but I want to succeed, so I'm going to go with the star. <laughs> okay, the star, a new path reveals itself. You successfully stab veteran with the bleeding lance and you can see that the poison is starting to seep in through her body you've taken enough life it's time for you to give back and basically what you've forced out of veteran is that this is no longer a negotiation for her this is now a fight for survival and you have hurt her badly but that has only increased her desperation to try to grab someone's hand to try to heal herself. And she jumps onto you. What does everyone else do? She's just like physical, right? Yes. I mean, I guess if she's the one right now who's like using the power herself, can I turn the uh, siege on her? Yeah, you can turn the siege on her. Do you want to just keep her away from Sam or try to attack her? Uh, keep her away from... Uh, probably attack her, but I think that also keeps her away from Sam. Okay, give me a scrap. Uh, I have a one in POW. The Empress, you create something. Sure. Yes, your little guys are able to surround Veteran and isolate her for Sam. And what you have created is an opportunity for Sam to get away. But what you have also created is an opening for Matt because he is no longer surrounded. Yeah. And he starts pleading with you. Like, guys, you can't just let her die. Come on. 
She's trying to kill me. She's trying to kill any of us. She's killed thousands. If it's her, if it's her or us. But it's also me. If both, if both me and you cannot survive together, and that is what I'm, and that is what I'm stating, then someone's got to go. Matt, you have another 500 years still. That's more than anyone else. That's more than everyone else in this room combined. No, 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 no. You don't understand. We're linked together. If she dies, I die too. Wait, that's how it works? That's how it works. Oh, I'm gonna walk over. I'm gonna walk over to Matt and hold him out the window. So if I just drop you out the window. Yeah? If you just drop me out the window, then what? I look to the rest of the group, y'all. We cool with this? <laughs> I didn't see it. I'm busy fighting Veteran. Veteran is surrounded. She is clutching her shoulder and trying to tug the lance out of it, but she can't. So you can see that she is. She doesn't have, really have any options here. Listen, 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 Arch. I'm the one that's protecting you from the law. If I go, then who's going to protect you? You know what I am, right? Projection of fungus the thousand years. You knew that, right? Yeah, of course I knew. And you also know what it's like to survive a long time, right? Over a thousand years. Is anyone in this room other than me not an immortal? <laughs> Uh, Sam weakly raises their hand. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, Harper just says, far as I know. Feeling extremely mortal right now, Doctor. I whisper, I whisper to Matt, there can be only one. And I let him go. Damn. <laughs> Give me a bombard. Do I have more than that? Let me see, what are my stats? I like the idea of it being a bombard, that yeah. like, the ground is the projectile you're firing. Matt is the projectile. <laughs> Matt is <Yeah>. the projectile. <laughs> two, I got two for Ellie. <laughs> It's elegant. I toss him like <laughs> fancy style. <laughs> fancy style. The moon negative, oh, something no. unknown or unknowable interferes, or judgment negative, your past failures catch oh, up to shit. you. Shit. Fuck. Should I should push, right? I should push. We're close to the end. I'm pushing. It's free. I mean, you're already throwing. You might as well push too. Right. <laughs> okay, push into the high priestess. The supernatural acts through you. Here oh, we go. Okay. Now we're Let's talking. Let's get supernatural, motherfucker. Can he fall into the undertow? I'd <laughs> be fucked up. Dr. Larch, tell me more about this ancient fungus being that you are. Uh, basically living in the forest for uh, thousands of years. It's kind of become, as the trees get old and decay, and as, as global warming spreads and more trees die and become more susceptible, it continues to grow. Uh, it's kind of running through all of the trees and grass in that area and it's like connected to the ecosystem in a very like weird way of like um you know things decompose join it eat the fruits and uh, all that kind of stuff it's really circle of lifey but uh it's the most largest being in our living organism since it's been around for like 800 years and it's like just a large mushroom fruiting body under the surface of like acres in oregon and I'm like the Eidolon of it. I'm, well, I don't want to do the whole backstory, but like, I'm going to say the, the protesters like tried to summon a Captain Planet and they just made a monk, they just gave an Eidolon to a mushroom. So that's the deal. Hey, want to give an Eidolon to a mushroom? <laughs> so like, oh, hey, I can talk to people. I understand humanity now also. Well, you, un you understand human <laughs> language. I think maybe there's some nuances of humanity that have not quite sunk I've in. I've been about doing this for about a year or two. I think I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much got it under control. Don't worry about it. 
Okay, so you throw Matt out the window, and there is a big tree just outside the window. And Matt lands in the bushels of the tree. And initially, he sort of seems relieved because it seems like the tree broke his fall. But then the branches of the tree start acting strangely and they start wrapping around him and then they start pulling back like a catapult and they launch mats even further into the sky and this time you looney tunes them <laughs> there is nothing that is going to break his fall he is gonna fall one million feet and very soon he is going to splat on the grounds right in the middle of the cops that have surrounded the building <laughs> great super oh right i forgot to tell you guys uh there's a lot of cops coming <laughs> oh it's been a, it's been an honor serving with you as a doctor i gotta go i rushed to a fire escape <laughs> <laughs> sam dr harper dr pyre for now at least for a little bit of time. Veteran is kneeling down. She's stabbed. She is surrounded by Harper's armies. And she's just looking at you. Wait, so did Matt survive the, the landing? He is currently falling from like a mile high in the sky. So it's going to take a second for him to... Oh, I see. Oh, I see. okay. He's, oh, it's going to be a minute? Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I mean, yeah, I don't have anything to say to her. We're holding her there. I can't believe you guys call yourselves doctors. I mean, I very explicitly do not. <laughs> I don't think Dr. Lux was a doctor. Now, looking back on it. Yeah, I also am pretty sure that... I'm pretty sure I largely don't understand what's been going on in this building for the entire time I've worked here. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to feel like I also did not know what was happening here. I mean, now that they're both gone now, uh, maybe we can actually run this place like a hospital. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, if we if we do that, can we budget better for medical supplies? I, yeah, I, yeah, why? What? I've gotten myself in a bit of trouble <laughs> there. Um, we're constantly short on so on something or other, and um, I mean we've been kind of trading back and forth, and some people maybe take advantage of that situation. Yeah, we're. A, what are you talking about? We're a private hospital funded by a billionaire. Why are we? What do you mean we're trading for supplies? Okay, we we never have enough bedpans, okay? Bed? Okay. I, I look at veteran like, what the fuck? There's no way you guys are going to keep this place afloat. Well, point one, we're going to budget for bedpans, so I think we're going to be doing better than we were. Why do you think you're going to inherit the hospital? The minority stakeholders, Garrett Longhorn. Oh, the man whose life I saved? Who owes me, like, a great debt of gratitude? I guess you're really just going to trust him, huh? I mean, no. No. But if we get the money, then it doesn't really matter. He's not going to give you the money. I didn't trust you either, but you let me work here and you let me save lives, and I don't see why he would do any different. And he isn't going to be killing people behind my back. Yeah, he is. He's just going to do it quietly like a coward. As opposed to sneaking into a coma patient's room and sapping their life? I didn't want to do that. That's what Matt wanted. No, you no, you wanted to straight up murder people. No, yeah, you just wanted to kill people for real. That's it. Yeah, much much better. Yeah, it is. You guys understand. I was being sarcastic. No, you do. That's why that's why you killed us. And really, 
I couldn't have imagined a better way to die. And you can hear a big splat sound outside as the cops go, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And veteran of the psychic wars dematerializes and the bleeding lance clanks onto the floor. We really should have asked what we should do with that thing before. I'm kind of hoping I can just take it to the incinerator and like destroy it. Yeah, that's probably for the best. If we were going to destroy one of the things it was in charge of, probably should have gone with that one and not the you know, life-giving thing. No, I I think both need to go. They, they've created nothing but, but problems. Yeah, you might be So right. wait, when they said Grail, did you mean Holy Grail? Like the Holy Grail? I mean, I assume. It's like the Lance of Longinus, right? Huh. He said a, a kingdom, I, I assume, you know, from the pre- Unification of England. Harper just kind of shakes his head and leaves the room. (sighs) Detective Gemini rushes in and says, Um, it looks like the map problem has been taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, he got kind of crazy there at the end and tried to escape, and I don't think it worked. Yeah, he tried to jump out the window. Yeah, I don't think it worked out well for him. So, what happened? I mean, what do you mean? We just told you. He he was threatening to hurt people and then jumped out the window. He jumped out the window? Yes. Yeah. He he thought he'd he thought he'd be fine. He said he had five hundred years of life stored up. She notices the lance, which is still spilling poison all over the floor. What's the plan with that? We're hoping we can destroy it. Yeah, we're hoping to get rid of this thing. You go do that, and after that. We're going to sort out this story at the station. Okay. What's your plan for destroying the lance? Well, like I said, I'm going to try throwing it in the incinerator and see if that does it. Okay. Does anyone want to, like, uh, assist in case the incinerator is not sufficient? Um, I'm trying to think of how I could. Yeah, I mean, like, we could all go down there and watch it burn, but... I don't really know other ways to destroy a lance. Like, I, the, the crushing it with my Eidolon thing was apparently a trick I could only do once, so... Okay, let's just throw it in the incinerator. Yeah. Challenge fate, pow. Give it to me. Sam. All right, that's a two. The world and the emperor. Hey! All right. I think I'm just going to go with the world on this one. (laughs) Although the emperor, you break something, also fits. It's true. (laughs) Kind of a win-win on this one. The world. For a single moment, the world bends to your will. Dr. Pyre, you remember when you tried to snap this lance in half before, you were not able to do it. It broke your jaws of death. But it seems like with the Holy Grail destroyed and the Fisher King destroyed, something in this lance is not what it used to be. It's it's much more similar to just a normal lance. And you watch it slowly melt and turn to ash in the incinerator. All right. I have not taken a day off since I got hired here. I will be back next week. And I leave. And I completely ignore that I was told to go to the police station. I'm going home. Um, Sam turns to uh, Dr. Harper and is like, I, if I want to blame someone for this, I can take the fall. You're needed here. There's, I mean, he jumped out the window, Sam. Right, but I mean, I mean, I guess there's there's no way anyone can argue against that right do you believe that but they jumped out the window 
Do you believe that no one could possibly argue against that in the court of law? Oh, God, no. Uh, no. Sam just needs to say that at the moment because it's the only way they can face doing this. In their heart of hearts, Sam is expecting to get uh, hit with a murder charge here. I mean, Sam didn't do anything, pretty explicitly. Uh, and, I mean, was there anybody who's going to tell them that uh, that Matt didn't jump out the window? I mean, at the end of the day, the, the cops can say whatever they want happened, and it's up to a jury to decide if that's true or not. Um, I think you understand that it's a pretty far-fetched tale to say that he would just jump out of the window and die of his own accord. I mean, he was a little, he was a little nuts. He didn't, like, he wasn't quite in his right mind. He didn't think he was going to die. That's what we're saying. And we have three eyewitnesses all corroborating each other's stories. And also, there's a recording of him talking about how he's immortal and he can live forever, yeah, <laughs> like no, yeah, suck the I, life out of people. Yeah. Ohio is a Ohio is a one-party consent state. <laughs> I can ab- we can absolutely use that recording I, as evidence. At, at, like maybe it goes to court. Maybe I don't think there's beyond a reasonable doubt evidence yeah. here. Yeah, I think we're pretty much good. Yeah, basically, we're going with he was insane. <laughs> well, Sam, remember you were recording everything. So the very tape that is your evidence also clearly shows that there was an altercation between all of you. Sam, let me tell you about a little program called Audacity. <laughs> <laughs> also, Sam only played the parts where Matt was confessing to the to the detective. It's not like all of it yeah, was... Yeah, weird. Weird. It seems like it almost stops and it almost starts and stops right there. <laughs> Crystal's like, yeah, if, if Sam turns the tape in, it's got everything on it. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm just saying. We got time. That sounds like a problem for next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next week that does not exist. Right. Are you leaving the world of medicine, Dr. Larch? Uh, yeah. Dr. Larch is leaving the world of medicine and, like, maybe maybe hospitals and moving into hospitality. And we see Larch is in the, the front seat of a very expensive vehicle. Uh, and Garrett Longhorn is getting in the back. He's eating a salad and with a different voice to say, you got to watch what you put in your body. And I drive off. <laughs> That's Dr. Larch's ending. Still out here, still going after uh, environmental people, just doing odd jobs uh, and traveling the world as a wanted person. Sam, this is going to be the last draw of the of the game. Okay. I want you to give me a gen draw for trying to t- tamper with your evidence to try to get away with this murder. All right, I got a two gen. Temperance, you are met with an equal and opposite reaction or the devil. You get what you want at a price you can't afford. Oh, uh, let's, 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 let's go with the devil, baby. Okay. I'm the reason for giving the devil his due. <laughs> two of you are going to get away with this. But Detective Gemini is going to have to book someone for this extremely suspicious death. Which one of you is it going to be? Sam has already expressed willingness to fall on the sword. So you're just going to do it? Unless one of the other two in- steps in. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to let Sam do that. Dr. Pyre, you're going to go to jail? <sighs> yeah. Harper, it's not even a thought for you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Damn it. <laughs> How does that how does that help anyone? Harper, the number of lives that won't be saved by Harper if Harper goes to jail. That's just math, baby. Unconscionable. Yeah. Nah. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, maybe there is some idea in, in Pyre's mind, like, well, I, I can't help people if I'm in jail. But again, you operate on the body in front of you. So, in this case, I'm, I'm helping the person that I can. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go to jail. Dr. Pyre, one year from now, you are in prison. But they have allowed you to work in the infirmary as a doctor. Please describe me what you're doing these days. Well, um, I imagine the exact same thing I've always been doing to the best of uh, my ability and, and the resources of the prison. Just um, trying to uh, assist patients in any way I can. Sam, you've gotten away with murder. Where are you doing one year from now? I'm still working in the hospital, um, but Sam's been taking uh, night classes and is um, preparing to uh, become a nurse. Okay, so you're, you're preparing to become a nurse. Yeah, I don't know how many years of night school it takes to, to actually be able to nur do nursing. I think when you go into a class one day, you see Shrimp Scampy sitting on the other side from you. <laughs> it seems that having someone tell him that they respect him seems to have really inspired him to maybe turn his life around a little bit you respect me i'll i'll show you how to respect me he gives you a little nod from across the room and then goes back to taking notes on the lecture i give him maybe the first genuine smile i've ever i've ever shot his way fast fast forward uh four to six years I know you said you're not a doctor, but you saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Harper. Yeah. Pyre's in prison. Larch is on the run. It seems like you are now, in fact, the greatest doctor at this hospital, undisputed. What are you doing one year from now? Um, unfortunately, I think uh, what ends up happening is Harper uh, is forcefully promoted into doing administration work because, you know, uh, Dr. Pyro was probably doing some um, and is spending more time at his desk than treating patients than he would like, and he's not particularly happy about it. You fool! You, you, were the, you became the best doctor in the hospital and got promoted out of being a doctor. <laughs> yes. Played yourself. What does hospital administration entail exactly? Um, mostly, uh, just, like, coming up with new, more efficient, like, workflow stuff, uh, trying to figure out, you know, what's, what's the best way to get stuff to patients that they need, um, or, you know, uh, things on the back end like that to make it easier for the other doctors or, or nurses. Um, and mostly it's really boring. Does this have any effect on the patients directly? Um... I mean, maybe. It's hard to say. There's no good that comes out of hospital administration, I'll tell you. And what bad comes out of hospital administration? Uh, the complications of uh, hospital politics and um, the uh, refusal of, you know, some people to fund things maybe they should be funding uh, that, that they refuse to. And if you don't get funding, that means people might die, right? Correct. Turns out sometimes there's a reason hospitals don't have enough bedpans. Right. So, in a certain sense, you're still kind of deciding who lives and who dies, just in a very distanced, administrative way. I think probably at the end of this, Harper feels more powerless than he did at the beginning.
Eidolon Oyster is produced by Audio Entropy. You can find Molly at Your Friend Molly, Ty at Sirius Tiberius, Lexi at Tabletop Gamera, Luke at SSJ Speed Racer, and Crystal at Arcane Crystal. Eidolon Montreal will premiere next week on December 11th for Patreon subscribers and December 18th for everyone else. See you then! In her office, Detective Percy Gemini carefully examines the dust of the former Holy Grail, now held in a small Ziploc baggie. Living a thousand years just to safeguard this, and it was broken in a single day. Unbelievable. Her body suddenly stiffens as she feels a snake crawl up her back and wrap itself gently around her neck. Well, it was bound to happen sooner or later. At least you still have the dust. Detective Gemini breathes through her nose and tries to stay calm. You must be Asclepius. I heard of you from Dr. Pyre's testimony. That's why I like you, Percy. You know how to pay attention. What is your business with me? Now that the Fisher King is dead, I have a job opening. I need someone to take care of one of my other miracles. As an Ohio gal, I'm sure you've heard the story of Johnny Appleseed. Yes, of course, he planted apple trees all over the states in the 1800s. Boy, oh boy, did that guy love apples. But what most people don't know is that he was a wealthy landowner who grew bitter apples in his gardens and he made his fortune selling cider to the colonists. And he couldn't have done it without me. Where are you going with this? Come on, you're the detective. A snake, a garden, an apple? Where have you heard that one before?